Restaurant Unstoppable, episode three, three, zero. Uh, continuing to grow uh, personally. You, know, you have to grow yourself if you're going to be a business owner. Um, you know, work on yourself and so that you can have an impact on everyone else. And then the reward for that is success. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. Are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start? Or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day task that only you know how to do. If you feel this way, I've got good news. You don't have to do it alone, nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurants owner.com and if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable you will get a 10 day pass for only one dollar get on it with excitement allow me to introduce to you uh, today's guest oscar cavazos oscar are you feeling unstoppable today Eric, I'm so unstoppable today. Yeah, buddy. And I know Oscar through my mastermind. Uh, You guys are going to love him. He's a great guy. Let me tell you a little bit more about him. Uh, The name La Finca Finca Chiquita, or The Little Farmhouse, has been a a part of Oscar's life since childhood, as it was the name of the family restaurant his parents opened decades prior in Gilmore, Texas. Today, along with his wife, Ashley, Oscar is the owner and operator of La Finca Chiquita in Allen, Texas. Uh, the restaurant has become a staple in the community, and it's safe to say Oscar's parents are proud. And I mean, just now that that formal introduction is out of the way on a more personal level, uh, I've met Oscar probably like three months ago now, and I've just been blown away at the kind of person he is. Uh, through the mastermind group that I'm hosting. And that's how we met each other. And, um, man, I just been so impressed with you, Oscar, the kind of person you are. And when I told Oscar, I want to get him on the show just because of how positive he is and how he's always hitting his goals. And he's just a great guy. He lost 30 pounds last month. I mean, when I told Oscar, I wanted to get him on the show. He said, Eric, are you sure you want to, you know, dilute the quality of your guests? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like just to go to show you like how just like humble he is. And I, one thing I love to say, Oscar, is behind every every great restaurant is a great person. And if your restaurant's any reflection of the kind of person you are, I am not worried about it. <laughs> so got that out of the way. Um, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling, Oscar, with the success quota mantra. What do you have for us? All right. So this is here it goes. The world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. That's from Pope Benedict XVI. 
You're not made for comfort. You're made for greatness. And just really just dive into that and like what it says to you and how it resonates with you. Well, you know, being a business owner, it's a, it's a struggle and it's easy just to do enough to get by and be worried about just, you know, your own comfort level. But it's another thing to desire to be great and it takes work, but it's worth it. You know, the more impact you have on people, that's what we're put on this earth for us to have an impact, mm. to have to change people's lives. Mm-hmm. And this quote keeps my focus on that. Don't settle. Don't just be comfortable. Don't do the minimum. We were made for greatness. Yeah. And you know, you only get one round at this game called life. Why not? crush it why not do something truly great why not leave a legacy behind uh, i love it man great way to get this thing going and uh i gave the the listeners just like an aerial view a bird's eye view of who you are what you got going on but why don't you just tell us a little bit more about uh you and the restaurant you're running right now uh, yeah well uh like you said uh, my wife ashley she's very instrumental to the success of our restaurant uh, most of our guests now know her as the face of the restaurant um and it's something that uh, I just kind of fell into. You know, you've heard the story before from other restaurant owners. Uh, I never wanted to be in the restaurant business, uh, even though I grew up in it. I mean, my parents, as, as long as I can remember, they immigrated here um, you know, from Monterey, Mexico to Houston. And that's where I was born. And my dad was mopping the floors at the church's fried chicken. Uh, you know, from there, he got a job as a, as a dishwasher at a Mexican restaurant, moved his way up to line cook and eventually became the GM. Um, my mom got hired on in the kitchen uh, to cook and her work ethic, they wanted her in the front. And even though she couldn't speak English, but the guests loved her anyway. Uh, they liked her accent. Mm. She busted her butt. She'd be, she's a waitress that would carry two full trays, you know, one on each hand just to get the food out to the customer faster. Wow. And, uh, you know, so after working for that company for a while and moving up and killing it there, they decided to try their hand at opening their own, their own little restaurant. And let's so, put it, let's put a date that, on that. Let's put a date on that real quick. When did they open? So 1987. Okay, cool. Keep going. Yep. Yeah. My dad went to the SBA, got a loan and got this little rundown shack to open up with into, uh, there in Gilmer. It was in. It was in my backyard just to give you an idea of what this was like. Oh, so awesome. the employees would park in our front yard and the guests would park along the side of my house. And if there was a long wait, then the kids would come into the backyard and play with us kids while they waited for their table. Oh man. Um, it was really, it's really beautiful. cool way to grow up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't appreciate it as a kid though. Uh, you know, when my friends were out playing on Friday and Saturday, I was helping my parents by cleaning tables and passing out chips and salsa. So uh, yeah, as my older brother and I, we got, you know, I got paid a quarter for every table I cleaned off, and the guests would give me tips because they said this little pudgy kid running around sweating, cleaning off tables. <laughs> but uh, I, I swore I would never work in a restaurant when I got older. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, um, at what point did you uh, decide that you did love this industry? Like, when, when was the turning point for you? Um, it was while I was in college. Uh, my parents at one point had three locations, um, one in Gilmer, one in Denison, which was two and a half hours away from Gilmer that they opened in 96, um, which I wasn't there for. I was an exchange student to Sweden, and so I missed the opening of that restaurant. And then uh, they opened another restaurant in Allen uh, in 2000, and I was in college at that time, so I missed that opening too. So you can imagine running three restaurants 
being uh, you know a mom and pop business, and uh, they they started struggling with some management. So they asked me uh, one summer when I came home if I would stick around and help them out. So I went ahead and did that. What and summer was that this? Summer that I uh, two thousand and and one. Okay. Yep. So I was helping them out, and then uh, it was actually that summer that my uh, that I met my wife. She uh, I was managing. She came in to apply to be a uh, a bartender, and I thought she was cute. And we only had guy bartenders, <laughs> so I hired her. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then you know, so anyway, um, I was going to college as a biochemistry major. My mind was set to be uh, to become a doctor. Um, so that's where my focus was. Uh, but as I kept helping my parents out and seeing how much, um, you know, impact I could have with them, um, I decided that, uh, that I was going to commit myself fully to being in the restaurant business and making La Finca the best it could be. Uh, so I decided to go to culinary school. Um, by this time I had married my wife. It was, uh, we got married in 2004. And I uh, signed up for culinary school in 2007. And uh, during this time, my wife and I, we were pregnant with our first kid. Or I should say she was pregnant. And uh, so a lot of props go to her because I went to school and went to work. And that was my life. Um, and so I uh, graduated from culinary school uh, in 2009. And then a month after I took my last class in culinary school, we actually had to close La Finca and Allen. And uh, in 2005, we had already sold the Denison location because the economy was starting to go down. Um, you know, 2008 was when the big uh, downturn in the economy happened. Uh, it hit our location pretty significantly. So um, it, it was really tough um, to have decided to commit my life to the restaurant go to culinary school, you know, take out these loans and then right after graduation, having to close down the business. Wow. And so, uh, that, go ahead. I was going to say, so you closed down the, the Denison location, the Allen location was, or sorry, the, um, uh, Gilmore location was still open. Right. But in, was the Allen location, were you closing that too? Yeah, it was the, we sold the Denison location. We were able to sell Got it. You. Um, in 2005 and then the Allen location was the one that we had to close in 2009. Okay. So, um, really take us through that, uh, all this work you put into it, uh, the economy takes a turn for the worst. Like what was going through your mind at that time? Did you think you made the wrong decision? Were you like, what was, what was happening? Oh man. Uh, it was a roller coaster of emotions, you know, uh, a lot of doubt, um, a little anger, you know, um, a lot of uh, introspection, you know, looking in on myself to find out, you know, where was I going to go from here? So I knew, you know, the, the main thing was we had a little kid at this point. Our son was, uh, you know, about to be two. And so I just jumped on whatever job I could get. I had the quarter-day train. So this was the same time that Jerry Jones was opening up the new Cowboy Stadium in Arlington, and they were looking for chefs to help them open up. So I jumped on that and, uh, and did that for a month, got them through the first event, which was the George Strait concert. Um, then after that, man, um, I just went to waiting tables. You know, it's what I knew. I knew there was good cash in it. So, uh, 
I did that, reached out to my contacts, and eventually ended up working as an assistant manager for Hooters of, uh, of Texas. Okay. Uh, so I'm curious, after – so was there a silver lining going through all this, uh, having to go through the closure, uh, getting this experience at, at different locations, getting the experience at a corporate location where there's a lot more structure, I'm sure, than what you were probably used to working at a mom and pop? Like, did you come away from all this better? Absolutely. You know, working as a server, it was a regional chain, so I got to see how they operated corporately. And then working as an assistant manager for Hooters really showed me, you know, the process, the importance of having process and procedures um, to to run a successful restaurant. And it really opened my eyes, you know, growing up in a mom and pop place where my parents were still handwriting out, you know, on accounting sheets, uh, the numbers, uh, you know, it was really, it was really cool to see. Uh, and it also showed me what I was capable of doing, you know, growing up with a family owned business, you always have that security blanket you know, the comfort that you always have a job, right? Um, and I had the option to go to Gilmer and, and, and do it, do the same thing there, but I decided to see what I could do on my own. Um, and then I had the itch to open up my own place after that. You know, it was all I could do it. So when I had free time, I would drive around um, Collin County where we're at, just looking for small restaurants to see how they're doing it, you know, what size they are, because our budget was practically zero, um, you know, we had all this debt from culinary school and uh, medical bills from the kids. And so uh, I happened to drive past this little building that had been a restaurant and just gone up for lease because the guy went out of business and it was in downtown Allen. And I called my wife up and said, hey, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to show you this little spot. And I had to work that night, so I had to hurry. Um, so I went to go get her and I came back. I was looking for the building and I couldn't find it again. <laughs> That's how bad. That's how bad this location is. And so, actually, they're asking me, like, Oscar, why would you want to open up a restaurant in a place where you couldn't even find again after you've been there the same day? I was like, because baby, that's all we can afford. So, <laughs> so uh, we eventually found it like 30 minutes later, but it should have only taken us five minutes to find it. And uh, I had to go into work, so we're calling the realtor. I went to work. Ashley stayed there to to look at the place. And, you know, we saw that it had a kitchen, it had a vent hood, it had a grease trap. Like, that's all we need. You know, we can fix the rest. So uh, this was in December of 2009. Okay. And so by February of 2010, we had signed a lease to start our own version of Lafinca, which is a hole-in-the-wall version of what my parents had going on. So in December 2009, and almost over a year later is when you signed the lease? Oh, wait, no, sorry. Uh, uh, one month. <laughs> My bad. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you really just like dove all in. I love it. And um, I'm curious during all this time, like what role was your wife playing when you were going back to school? Was she just home with the kids or was she getting experience as well? Well, her parents owned a printing company and she was the office manager of the printing company. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, but uh, as you can imagine in this time when everything's moving away from paper into electronics, uh, the, the printing business was also struggling. So, um, but by the grace of God, she was able to stay there and help them out, take our son with her to work so that we wouldn't have to pay for daycare. So I think the, the big lesson I've, I'm picking up from this so far, even if you grew up in the restaurant industry, um, you know, it, it never hurts to, to 
get the education, to get the experience in different places, to really see the industry through different lenses, and then to take all that back uh, and apply it to what you're doing today. So this location that you opened in 2010, was that where you are now today? Yeah, we're okay. in the same spot. It's actually uh, Alan's old post office from back in the 50s and 60s. Okay. So um, 2010 to today, seven years later, uh, that's a great run. Seven years. Most people don't last as long as you guys have been going to this point. Uh, what do you think has been the key contributors to your success as you've evolved as a restaurant owner from that point to this point? Uh Continuing to grow, uh, personally, you know, you have to grow yourself if you're going to be a business owner, um, you know, work on yourself and so that you can have an impact on everyone else. And then the reward for that is success. Um, so always wanting to be better. Um, the biggest change came for me in 2000 and, um, 2011 after our twins were born. Uh, they had spent time in the NICU. Um, that's when I really learned to depend on my team. The team I had at that point uh, had to run a restaurant where my wife and I had to take care of these uh, pretty new babies that we had. And, um, you know, uh, also a big thank you to, to our guests. We had some of our regular guests who volunteered to come and stay up all night with our kids so that my wife and I could sleep. Wow. Uh, you know, the, fir- the first year I was taking naps in my truck in the parking lot because we lived 30 minutes from the restaurant. And I was working 17 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so now we're closed Monday and Sunday because, you know, as you grow, you realize how important um, family is as well. Mm. And so cr- striking a balance between um, business and family was something that, that came to me later on as well. So, and so go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, I love that idea of just continuing to grow. And I mean, w- really dive into like where you were when you got started. Like what did that picture look like? And what was the, how were the first or what were the first examples of growth for you? Did you have specific goals? Like where were you getting your motivation, your inspiration to show up every day and to keep on just showing up with all this stuff that was happening, how hard it was. My motivation was to succeed. Um, You know, I've never been in in such dire financial straits. It was thanks to my in-laws that we were, able to have funds to, you know, decorate and buy equipment for the restaurant. So uh, wanting to, to do better, I'd always seen myself as an intelligent person, able to find out how to solve problems and, and better myself. Um, and so the first year, you know, I was killing myself. I was there all day, every day in the kitchen, teaching my cooks, um, you know, working on the front of house staff, hiring people, trying to train them at the same time. And uh, I was really experiencing burnout. And then I really hit a low in uh, 2011 when, you know, we were um, you're barely making it. Uh, we relied on other people to, to help us with, uh, you know, buying diapers and formula for the kids. Um, and so I really felt like a, a giant failure at one point. And um, it, was, it was actually, you know, I was listening to um, financial radio shows to try to help me get out of debt and, and work this out. We had a business that was slowly growing at this point. Um, and then I had a conversion experience where, you know, I finally stopped trying to do it all on my own and, and asked God if he was real, that I needed his help. And, uh, and not to sound cheesy, but uh, when I was on my knees in tears, not knowing what to do, I felt an overwhelming 
comfort come over me. And then, you know, I had uh, a conversion experience there and realized that I needed to stop focusing on myself so much and what my past was and what my failures were and just start focusing on loving others and striving to do be- be better so that I can help others. And then that changed everything. That rocked my world. Uh, when I saw my team members, as not just, you know, staff to help me make more money, but I'm going to help build them as much as I can, be the best person I can be for them. And it, the impact happened immediately. Like the way they treated our guests, the way that they treated each other. Um, you know, now everything wasn't rosy all the time. We still had struggles, still had some staffing issues, but my mentality from going from burnout to, you know, am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why don't I just go find another nine to five job? Um, it turned around to I'm blessed to be in this position where I can have an impact on people's lives, not just my team members, but also our guests. Wow, man. Well, thank you for getting just so real with us and bringing us to that vulnerable moment you had. But what do you think came to you in that moment? Uh, maybe it was God. Like, where did this thought of my purpose is to make an impact on others and care and love others? Like, where did this come from? Like, do, like what sparked that thought? Um, it came from reading scripture, actually. Uh, you know, I never, I was an agnostic. I didn't believe that, you know, there was, there could possibly be a God. Um, and then I, for, for some reason, I just started reading scripture and, and in reading that, it, you know, it talks a lot about, um, you know, helping the poor and, and, you know, bless are those who struggle and those who suffer. And so I just aligned my, my struggle, my suffering with what Jesus did and changed the world with 12 fishermen, um, you know, who no one cared about. And it's, uh, and so when, when I surrendered my, myself to, to acknowledging that there was something greater than me, a greater purpose in this life, uh, you know, and, and doing unto others as you'd have done unto you. That's one of our seven core values that we have at the restaurant. Um, you know, that's, that's what, that's what did it for me. You know, I never, you know, I was very intellectual. Um, I still consider my, you know, I love the numbers. Uh, I love spreadsheets. But um, that's what really changed it around to where my eyes went from looking in on myself and I turned my eyes around looking at the people around me. And, uh, you know, we started getting more involved with community at that point, uh, you know, donating to the charities that we could. And it, it just really had a, an, a big effect, you know, change started to happen when, when, uh, when we started doing that. Yeah. I mean, and I love that you just brought up the whole idea of making it about others. And that's been one of my aha moments doing this podcast, listening to incredible people like you who find success uh, and find the answer. It, it's not about you. It's about everyone else but you. When do you and you, when you realize that it's about everyone else but you, you start waking up every day to to serve other people. And when you serve other people long enough, hard enough, it comes back around. Um, I think you're a beautiful example of that. And one other thing I think is worth talking about is just the power of being open and being receptive uh, to the influence of those who came before us. For you, it was. What an incredible leader, Jesus, uh, scripture, uh, allowing yourself to be influenced by those who have come before us and what they have proven to, to know that works on how to lead others. I mean, that's what did it for you. Uh, but if that's, if religion is not your thing, guys, there's other places to go to get influenced by incredible leaders. There's so many books out there today, uh, that you can choose to, to let those books 
influence you. Get clarity on what matters to you. Uh, for you, it was religion. It was Jesus that influenced you. And then take the time to pray like you did to get that mindfulness to really focus on what matters to you. And if you're not a religious person, praying is the same thing. It has the same effect as meditating. Like really take the time to be still, to self-reflect and get clear or clear on what matters to you. And it can be so powerful. Um, Do you want to reflect on what I just shared? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, You know, some of the books like uh, start with why, you know, uh, good to great. Eat that frog. Um, there's a lot, you know, find someone who's killing it. And I've heard you say this, Eric, find someone who's killing it and, and find out what they're doing and, and do that. Mm. You know, what changed them, what motivated them. And that's one of the big things I get from listening to your podcast. You know, listen to all these other great restaurant owners and, and, and realizing that we've all, you know, had crappy days and things didn't always work out perfectly. Um, you know, and find how they got through that and, and do it and jump on it. Don't hold yourself back. Don't give up. Work on yourself. You know, forget about the past. But, you know, the future starts today. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love it. So you said that it was around this time where you really started, you know, investing in yourself, learning, you're listening to podcasts, financial podcasts, um, and growing and just, like you said, continuing to grow, always wanting to be better uh, tomorrow than you were today. So what things did you do? in 2011 that really aside from just making it about other people, what other things did you do to improve yourself and your business like operationally? So I've been a member of restaurantowner.com since 2007 when I was, when I fully you know, committed to go to culinary school and, and help my parents out, you know, with the restaurant, uh, the resources are on, on there are fantastic. They're awesome. You know, my parents didn't have an accounting system. They, they were just doing everything on paper. Uh, and jump on there, and I got the how to set up, you know, a, a QuickBooks ledger for restaurants. You know, um, learning from others, getting involved with the community. Stop looking. I, I, I had to stop looking at the other restaurants around me as competitors, mm. and look at them as as people who are in the same boat. And you know, I love the expression that you that you say is that you know when the tide rises, all boats go up. Yeah. You know, we all go, we're all in this together. Um, and so that was a big change for me. Um, and then opening up because I am a very closed off person, um, privately, but learning to open myself up really helps show people that I care. And, uh, you know, and another thing I've heard you say, and I've heard it said before was people don't care, uh, you know, what you know, until they know how much you care. And, that's it, man. You got to be people focused, especially in this industry where you're, you're working long hours and, you know, people are coming in hungry, you know, or as we say, hangry, you know, they're, they're hungry and angry until they get some food in them. Um, you know, you have to care about people and that's, that's, that's the goal. Mm. That's, that's the key. So I'm curious. You said one of the things that uh, was a pivotal moment for you was uh, stop looking at restaurants in your community as competitors, but as like comrades. So what? How how are you doing this? How are you approaching these other restaurants? Like how? Like talk to us specifically about what you were doing to engage with these other restaurants. Well, I I would introduce myself. You know, I took my family to eat at their place. Um, you know, and. Uh, I have their number. They have my cell phone number. 
So, you know, there's been times where we've run out of chips because that tortilla guy didn't leave enough. And I call up my buddy, you know, who owns another restaurant. I'm like, hey, man, can I just come get some chips? You know, you just got to be there for people. Um, you know, we refer people out. If there's a catering that I can't handle or they want services that I can't give them, you know, I now know my buddy who owns this Italian restaurant or this brewery or this, you know, cafe, what they can do. And we share ideas. You know, mm-hmm. we, hey, I need this piece of equipment. Where should I go? Uh, hey, I need a new plumber. I can't get a hold of mine. Who do you recommend? You know, and just opening up, showing them that you care, uh, being there for each other. Uh, I got together with a lot of other independent restaurant tours, and, and we were talking about how we can save money on buying, you know, our ingredients because we don't have the purchasing power that big corporate restaurants do. You know, so it's it's, you know, you lean on each other. And by doing that, you all grow together. So did you actually follow through with that? Is that something you did was go into a, a collaborative, uh, a buying collaborative? Two of the restaurants that we were going in with actually ended up closing down. Okay. So it's, it's something that kind of we weren't able to, to achieve. What, give me an example of one thing that you learned that you would have never discovered if you didn't increase uh, the bonds and the relationships with these other restaurants. Give me a lesson they taught you. What they taught me was that we're all going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we share the same struggles and that you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and my competitive nature never would have allowed me to see that. Um, my competitive nature would have brought up excuses as to why you know we had a bad week and someone else was doing great. Um, my competitive nature would have made excuses for bad reviews you know, and instead of realizing that we're all in this together. I love it, man. Awesome. And uh, you also mentioned opening up. So really dive into uh, that process for you. Like what did that process of uh, becoming self-aware, recognizing that you are a closed off person and that you need to change that to be successful? How did you get through that? How did you coach yourself through that? I had to humble myself. You know, I had to, to realize I didn't have all the answers. Um, you know, it's, it's realizing that, uh, you know, there, there are people who are successful for a reason. We need to find out what that is. Um, you know, also my wife really helps me out. Uh, you know, I know I can trust her. I trust her judgment. So when I feel like I'm coming across one way, you know, she's there to tell me that, no, you actually came across this way. And so I can make those adjustments. Um, you know, I, learning your personality, learning your strengths and learning your weaknesses and striving to, to lessen the weaknesses and improve your strengths. You know, you can take, um, like a, a, a personality assessment, like a DISC profile, D-I-S-C, you know, I'm a high S person. So now I know that, you know, I prefer things to be stable. I avoid conflict. You know, if, if I have a situation at the restaurant where I need to have a difficult conversation, I struggle with that. You know, I know that I have to write down what I want to say so I don't get distracted or, or don't, you know, miss a point. Um, you know, that really helps, helps a lot. You learn where your weaknesses are and you, you learn where your strengths are and what you need to focus on and what you need to fix. So as you've learned your strengths, uh, how have you re focused your attention? Are you delegating certain things that you used to do yourself or like how, how did you, once you found your strengths, uh, apply them to serve the restaurant in the greatest way? So, uh, 
delegation is something that I struggled with. I like doing things on my own because I like knowing that they're going to get done the way I want them to. So uh, I, I have a young guy working for me. He's, he's 18 and I'm really trying to, you know, speak into his life and, and build him up and uh, give him some responsibility. So um, delegation is something that, that, that is one of my current challenges that I have to, to get better at um, and not, you know, feeling like I have to watch over somebody all the time. And uh, it's, it's, it's going, we're, we're, we're having a half day tomorrow where I'm just going to, you know, work with him and, and, and show him the ropes and how I do it. And I think he's going to be great at it. It's going to free up some time for me so that I can use my strengths to grow the business through community involvement, relationships with the guests, uh, also, you know, systems and, and, and procedures and focusing on, on a, you know, uh, an, onbo- an onboarding program that's consistent so that everyone's trained the same way and we're all on the same page. So are you so, there yeah, Are you there right now or is that what you're working towards? That's what I'm working towards. You know, just recently we, I finished the recipe book with all the procedures on how to do all the recipes um, so that the training in the back of the house is, is, is simpler and streamlined. So there's consistency. And so right now the, the project is working on front of house training. So you've had, um, you said you mentioned earlier that you were a member of two, uh, since 2007 of restaurantowner.com, which I think is an incredible resource, uh, sponsors of the show. Very grateful to have them, uh, supporting what we're trying to do here. But, uh, what changed from 2007 to now, almost 10 years later, where you're, uh, taking the time to, uh, develop a, um, a recipe, uh, oh, sorry. What was the expression you used? There's different things to call it. The recipe book. Yeah. So taking the time to develop a recipe book and taking the time to uh, automate the onboarding process and to create all these systems, processes, procedures. Uh, when did th- all these things really start to like come together for you? And what do you think happened that made them come together? So I have all these ideas of things I want to do. Right. And so my struggle is prioritizing and focusing on one thing and getting it done. And in the mastermind group, you know, we started doing the book studies and the, the last book we did was Eat That Frog, which was amazing for me. Uh, you know, it talks about prioritizing, how to schedule you know, your day a day in advance. And, you know, once I did that, man, I was able to knock out that recipe book super quick. Um, and, I, you know, the progress I'm making on the front of house training as well. And so, again, had I not opened myself up, I would have never joined the mastermind group. Um, I would have relied on myself and thought if I needed help, then that was a weakness on my part. So realizing that, you know, by surrounding yourself with people who, who have the same mindset as you is how you grow. You can't grow on, on an island. You've, you've got to surround yourself with the people that God puts in your life to, to get you there. Well, I just want to point out that I was not expecting you to say that. Um, that wasn't meant to be self-promoting, uh, but I'm so happy to hear that the mastermind has helped you. And it's so true, though. It's so powerful to surround yourself with other people, to have them hold you accountable, to share resources. And when you know you're going to be meeting with that group and that you said you're going to do X, Y, Z, like you're going to want to do it because you don't want to let people down or you don't you know, want to show up being the only person who didn't accomplish what you set out to accomplish. And Oscar has been amazing at just saying or doing what he says he's going to do. He has incredible integrity. So I've just, I just admire you for that Oscar. And um, what, what else can we talk about? What are some of the other big things uh, that you think has really helped you uh, 
live much more intentionally. You know, the, the biggest thing is, is my wife, Ashley. She is a hard worker. Um, when she's in the front of house, I mean, she, she can run the whole front of house, you know, by herself as a server. Um, and, and the way she communicates with the guests. Now, you know, we also have a good support team. You know, the kitchen staff is phenomenal. The, uh, our, our host staff is phenomenal in the daytime. And, and, um, you know, it's, uh, she, she's the person who, who I look at to inspire me to continue to be, to be good, to be better. And, you know, my kids, they also see us, um, you know, they see our work ethic. And just the same way I grew up, my parents worked, uh, you know, really hard. And their, their why for working so hard was us kids. You know, they worked hard so that we wouldn't have to work as hard as they do. Now, looking back, you know, I really, really didn't appreciate it at the time, but now I do. I mean, my dad, he's in his sixties and he's still at the restaurant all the time. You know, my mom, uh, you know, is, is a few years younger than him and she's still in the kitchen cooking, you know, and, and not because she has to, because they have a full staff, but because she wants to, and she wants to make sure that everything's going out that way. So between my wife and my parents work ethic, um, that's really what keeps me motivated, keeps improving myself and shows me that I still have room to go. Uh, now, my personality style is not the same as my wife, so we complement each other perfectly. She can remember, you know, what a person orders if they come in once a year. I have trouble remembering someone's name after I met them two days ago. You know? So <laughs> uh, we make a great team. So she, being in the front of the house is, is great for her. I love that you're talking about the partnership because I, I, I personally think that uh, to really be successful and to do it right, uh, unless you're just like Superman or Superwoman, like you need a partner because there's so many qualities and aspects of the human being that you, you need to have and be good at to, to really be a great restaurant owner. So to do it all yourself can be really tough. So uh, what be specific about what you bring to the table and what she brings to the table and how together you're the, the complete package. So what was, uh, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I hate talking about, I hate talking about myself. Um, but, uh, I asked her last night what she thought was something that, that I contribute. And her response were two things. Uh, one was my drive and another is the genuine care for others. Um, you know, I would say that what I bring to the table is I want everyone to succeed. Um, you know, I have people who they want to be a server um, and they're not quite there yet to where they can handle, you know, a busy shift. And so um, being able to talk to that person and, and, and point them in the direction through you know, evaluations, through text messages, through encouragement, um, trying to get them past the frustration of, of where they are versus where they want to be. And um, having the, the ability to talk into their lives and, and move them in the direction they want to go. I think that's that's what I bring to the table to the restaurant. And what about like on an operational side as far as uh, like a skill, like a special? I mean, obviously the emotional intelligence, the like caring for other people, that's a huge part of it. Uh, but were you – so you're – are you mostly back of house and she's mostly, mostly front of house? Yeah, I'm mostly back of house and the the paperwork side of it, you know, the – the back office stuff. Okay. So I, like I said earlier, I love Excel sheets. 
Um, I think having a, uh, a cash flow report is the most important thing to have accurate when you're running a business. You know, you, you need, you know, money drives the business um, aspect of it. So you have to know when your money's coming in, when it's going out and, and have a plan to, to have it all sorted out to where you can um, continue to grow your business. Uh, so I spent a lot of time, you know, checking the budget, checking the numbers, reconciling accounts. Uh, and then in the, in the kitchen, I love being in the kitchen, uh, you know, cooking the food and, and, and building the flavors, you know, and uh, I get a lot of that passion from my mom. Uh, you know, I, I'll still remember and I'll never forget the day where I came up with a recipe that I had my mom try and she asked me how I made it. You know, that was, to me was the biggest compliment wow. I ever had. Uh, culinary wise. And so <laughs> after I told her, then they added it, added it to their menu in Gilmer. So, uh, you know, they've been going strong there for 30 years now. So to have a, a contribution to their menu for me is huge. Yeah. Uh, and just having that other person to, you know, focus on what they do, your wife does a front of house. And then if you can just focus on what you do, the books and the back of house, when you don't have to dilute yourself, and, and spread out your attention, you can go much deeper. You can make a, a much greater impact on the people that you're directly responsible for. Uh, and at the end of the day, like you mentioned, it's, it's all about that impact. It's all about connecting and serving other people. And if you have help to do it and you can, you know, segregate and go into your, your own departments, you can go just so much deeper. I think it's so powerful. And the other thing I just want to point out about your wife, you're mentioning just how awesome she is and the power of just being self-aware and knowing that, yeah, people are paying attention to your work ethic, to your positivity, to the energy that you have, uh, and you being a you know so attuned to your wife is a beautiful example of that. Like we need to know that as leaders, people are attuned to us, like you were attuned to your wife, and we can influence other people, like your wife influenced you. And just know that, and never forget that people are paying attention to how you show up every day. And if things are tough and you're frustrated and you're stressed out and you're angry, you're not like, that is not a solution. Be like Oscar's wife, Ashley. <laughs> it's so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So powerful. Uh, I love it, man. And um, I mean, some of the things uh, that I love about you um, and th- some of the things just learning, uh, discussing with you during the mastermind uh, is your ability to, um, lift up others and encourage others to take over and to really push others to grow. Do you want to talk about how you've pushed some people in your, on your team to really take it to the next level? And how is that challenging for you? So it's challenging because, um, my personality style, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Um, but if you're going to grow, you have to make yourself uncomfortable. Mm. And, uh, so when we have, people come on, they're typically in high school, um, we're typically their first job. So, you know, we're going to be their first impression into the workforce. And, um, you know, so that can either be a positive one or a negative one. Now it hasn't worked out hundred percent of the time. We've had people that just, you know, were not a good hire. And, um, you know, I didn't take the time to in the interview process to make sure it was a good fit for both of us. But, you know, we we now take our time to get to know the person, to make sure they're going to be a good fit into our culture. Um, and, you know, we had people in the beginning who we had introduced to the menu who've never worked in a Mexican restaurant before. So um, we've had people who, who come in 
hey, I just want to be a dishwasher. All right, sounds good. So you teach them how to be a dishwasher. And then you teach them how to, one day you teach them how to cut vegetables, uh, you know, how to um, slice onions, how to butterfly a chicken breast. And, you know, before you know it, you have this, this guy who just wanted to be a dishwasher being a line cook, being a prep cook. Uh, in our other restaurant, we had a guy who came in as a busboy, couldn't speak English. You know, he, he was uh, an immigrant here. Um, and we gave him the opportunity to, to grow as, as he performed. Now this, in the restaurant business, it's a performance-based business. So um, when we see people that have that ability to grow, we don't hold them back. We let them, you know, push it. And then we encourage them. We're there to back them up. When they fall, we pick them up and tell them, hey, keep going. You've got this. You've got to be there for people in that way. And so that kid who came on as a busboy ended up being a line cook, being a, being, um, a headline cook, being a server, and then eventually made his way all the way up to bartender and assistant manager. Wow. And, um, you know, you, you, can't, you can't hold people back. You know, uh, like one of the guys who I look up to a lot is Chef Rick Bayless uh, from Terra up in Chicago. And they're celebrating their 30th year in business right now. I believe it's 30. And so they're doing a special where they're highlighting past team members who now have their own successful restaurants. I think that's awesome. I mean, if one day I can be doing that, if, you know, on the 30th anniversary of La Finca Chiquita, we can go back and find all these people who have walked through our doors and we've had a positive impact on their lives to where they're also giving back. That would just, that'd be beautiful. I mean, that would be the reason for life. Yes. Oscar. I love it, man. I'm smiling ear to ear right now. And I just love what you're sharing with us. And it's so true. Like our job at the end of the day, like you keep on saying today is to care for other people, to make it about other people. And if you invest in growing your people and making them better versions of, of themselves every day, it's only going to serve you in the long run. Like look at this incredible employee you have just because you challenge him to grow every day. And now your life is better because of it. Uh, and it goes to yourself too. Like you will never get people to grow higher than you are or to a, a level greater than where you are personally. And you yourself have been growing so much the past three months. You've just been blowing me away. And what do you think are the three biggest things you've done in your restaurant in the past three months that have had the biggest impact on you personally? Prioritizing. Finding my day ahead. That was definitely be number one. Uh, number two is connecting with my team members and being more open and transparent with them, telling them, look, come to me. This is who I am. These are my flaws. This, this is where, um, where I think I can help you. These are the things that I've learned. These are my failures. You know, don't do this, you know, guide them in that way. And, um, another thing is, uh, and the third thing would probably be, uh, um, leaning more on Ashley and her strengths and giving up, you know, some of the front of house reins, um, and, and, and having her make it her own, which gave her the confidence to really step up as well. Um, she's more of an introvert naturally. So being in the front of the house in front of all these people and in charge of a team, um, has really challenged her and she's blown it out of the water. And how are you, in, in your life better now because of these big changes you made? I'm getting stuff done. Um, 
<laughs> I'm getting stuff done. I mean, it's, you know, these ideas I've had in my head are actually coming to fruition. And that sense of accomplishment and is, is euphoric and it's motivating and if you want to keep going and do more. Awesome, man. I love it. And uh, this has been great up to this point. I want to get a failure from you before we t- to take a break to uh, thank our sponsors. So tell me about a time, Oscar, you fell on your ass hard and how did you get back up? So after our first year, um, you know, our first year was a loss uh, financially. And then that second year was a huge success. But what I failed to do was manage the money. Um, as the money was coming in, we were finding ways to spend it, you know, upgrading our equipment or, you know, um, trying different uh, advertising and marketing stuff. So what ended up happening was we got into deeper debt and we owed money to everybody, family, the IRS, the state of Texas, um, vendors, you know, uh, props go out to, to Cisco for working with us. Um, our day, we had three kids at this, at this time. So, um, our daycare, uh, they helped us out when we couldn't meet the tuition. Um, and it, it, it was, it was, um, you know, we had credit card debt, bank loans, car payments. Um, and that was, like I said earlier, that was when I hit my rotten bottom. And what helped me get out of it, besides the conversion, was discipline, self-discipline. Getting um, that cash flow report, that cash flow statement, which I hadn't been doing. Um, so it, it took a refocusing and a reevaluation of my life and my priorities. And once it switched around to others and realizing that the money we were getting, you know, was our responsibility to manage, not just a reward, um, that's what helped us get out of that. And so now we know exactly you know, when expenses are coming out, what, what we can expect and forecast as our income and plan accordingly. And where's one place people can go if they're struggling with this to, to be better about it? You know, there's several places. Um, restaurantowner.com has resources, spreadsheets already filled out where you can get this stuff going. Uh, one of the, most important resources for, for me was uh, the Dave Ramsey program. Mm. He's a financial, personal finance guy to get all about getting out of debt. And the, the motivation I got from hearing stories of others succeeding and getting out of debt, and I'm thinking if they can do it, you know, I need to stop coming up with excuses. I need to stop spending so much money on this and that and be grown-ups, finally. You know, in our 30s, finally growing up. And... Uh, and so if I can point someone in a direction, I would say go to restaurantowner.com for the spreadsheets and you know, look up Dave Ramsey and, and his principles. They have a, a whole thing on, on, for entrepreneurs called Entree Leadership. Uh, there's a book that I read that really helped me out and was Entree Leadership is the name of the book by Dave Ramsey. And it, it talks about how they ran their business from a card table in the living room to a multi-million dollar company that it is today. Wow. Beautiful. I'll have those links in the show notes. Uh, obviously, restaurant owner is sponsoring, so they'll be in the show notes. Uh, and I'll have Dave Ramsey's book in, and his uh, website in his podcast, too, right? In the show notes as well. This is episode 230. Just head over to restaurant. Sorry, 330. Man, I'm getting way behind there. A <laughs> hundred episodes behind. Episode 330. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 330. I'll have the links right there. And now we're going to take a break to thank our sponsors. Dude, you're crushing it. I'm loving this. How are you doing? Whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran, there's always something new to learn. 
that never ends. <laughs> but what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips. To join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves, head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable we're back and the first question i have for you oscar is what is your it factor a habit a trait a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success caring for others and how has that been so impactful it's uh it's a team effort i I can't do this on my own um you know as as a leader we're here to serve others. Mm. So if I serve my team, my team serves my guests. That's how we all benefit together. Awesome. Um, we serve the community as a whole. So you have to care about others. I love it. And what is your biggest weakness? Uh, distraction. I get, uh, I can get distracted in the details. You know, I, like I said <laughs> several times already, I love Excel. I love spreadsheets. Um, but I can get caught up in the data, keep manipulating it, trying to figure out this and that. And, and so trying to remember to, to not fall into that rabbit hole or I won't get things done. And how are you, um, combating that? So you've recognized that you get sucked into the rabbit hole. What things are you doing in your life today differently that helps you get back out of it? Uh, prioritizing my day, you know, coming up with what I have to do the day before and listing them out as, you know, absolutely must do uh, and then need to do, but it's okay if I don't do it, what, you know, I would like to do, um, but I can put it off for another week and then things that I don't have to do at all. And so trying to make sure that I put my energy into that top priority. And then from there, I list them 
I rank them at that point from, you know, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. That way I know, hey, if I've knocked out three of these things from my first column of must-dos, then I had a great day. Yeah, it's, it's just the power so, of living intentionally. If you, if you live your life off of a list and you really take time to reflect on what's most important that can help you and your business and those who are in your business uh, get ahead and you just focus on crushing those biggest things, uh, you will be so much more productive. You, you just the, It's the power of intentional living. It's so powerful. I can't put enough stress, stress on it. And uh, you're a beautiful example of what can happen when you live intentionally. It's, it's been great watching you. Thanks, Will. Uh, what is one piece of advice you have for leading others? Uh, care about them. You know, if you're going to hire someone, make sure you, you genuinely care about them. It's someone you like to be around. Um, because if, if you're hiring just to fill in a spot, just to fill a role, you're going to regret it when you're, you're going to pay the price. So if you care about someone from the beginning, then you're motivated to make them be the best version of themselves they can be. And that in no way can harm you. Yeah, you know, that can only improve your day. I love it. Awesome stuff. And what is one question you ask or thing you look for when you are looking for these people to care for? Passion. We, we ask them, what are you passionate about? What's something you're passionate about? And if they just tell you one line, like, oh, I'm passionate about dogs. No, they're not. <laughs> if they were passionate about dogs, they would go on and on about it. You know, or they're passionate about, um, you know, uh, say, recycling. You know, if, if they're passionate about recycling, they're going to tell you what they've done, you know, to do it, and, and they're going to want to keep talking about it. Yeah. You know, in an interview, I, I try to focus on speaking only a, a minimal amount of time and le- let them speak. Let them tell you who they are. That's how you get to know them. Um, and, and so you really want to see if they have that passion because if they don't, then how are you going to get them to be passionate about work? How, how are you going to get them to get, be passionate about, about your restaurant if, if they don't really show passion about something they claim to be passionate about? Mm. So, so you definitely want to look for passion. What you're just looking for is that they can be passionate about something. It doesn't necessarily have to be related to the restaurant industry, but you're looking to see how contagious their passion is. If they get super excited, if, if they are impressionable and if they can imprint on others. Exactly. Because if, you know, depending on their role, um, if they're in the front of house, if they're, if they're applying to be a host, you know, just a door person, well, that door person is the first impression to your restaurant that all the guests get when they walk in. So you want them to to show passion, to show that they can care about something, uh, and that they're not afraid to talk about it. Awesome. You know, and uh, we we have faith in our in our uh, our why as a restaurant to where if we get the right people, they can share that same passion that we have. Awesome, man! And what is a current challenge you're handling right now? Well, after seven years, we've outgrown our building. Um, my kitchen is, is way too small. It's 300 square feet. Uh, we don't have a walk-in, um, and it really limits how much food we can put out. So because of that, it also limits um, you know, the amount of people we can serve. And so we have people who tell me that when they try to come to the restaurant, they typically walk through the front door, see the line, and have to turn around and go somewhere else. You know, And it kills me. You know, I, now I know we can't serve everybody and it's good to, to have, um, you know, a weight 
every day. Uh, but I would like to have a little bigger kitchen uh, with a walk-in cooler so we don't have to turn away to-go orders. We don't have to turn away catering orders. Um, you know, it's a good problem to have. So uh, we, we have a, a broker helping us right now looking for locations around Allen. We really want to stay in Allen because it's done so much for us. Um, but it's, it's a real struggle right now to find a place here because it's growing so fast. Um, it's, uh, a lot of new builds are out of our price range. So that's the current struggle we're going through right now. And how are you dealing with it? How are you staying positive? Like, is there a plan in, in action aside from having your broker? Yeah. Um, so the way we're staying positive about it is, uh, you know, realizing how, how much of a blessing it is to have this as a problem. <laughs> you know, there, there could be so many other problems we could be going through. Um, so, and then we also use this to encourage our, our, our team. We're like, hey guys, people are willing to wait an hour and a half for it to go order because it's coming from here. And we have that, that's the impact we're making on people that they appreciate us so much that they have so many choices to go to. I mean, within the five mile radius of us, there are 17 different Mexican concepts of one form of, or another that people can go to. Um, so, you know, it is, it's motivating and, and that's the positive we're getting out of it is that, you know, we are doing something right to where people want us to grow. Mm. And are, do you have any concerns about growth? Um, anything that you're conscious about when the growth does happen that you're going to make sure you address? So we've had a couple of opportunities to move to a bigger location, uh, but they've been too big. And growing up in the restaurant industry, the restaurants that my parents had that they had to close were 6,000 square feet. I mean, they sat 200 people and had a full bar. And that's not my style. Mm. You know, our name, La Finca Chiquita, is the little ranch house, the little farmhouse. We want to stay little because of the atmosphere it provides. You know, people say they love coming to our place because it feels like they're in cheers. You know, where we know their name. We know what they order. Ashley has their drinks on the table before they even ask for them. Um, you know, some of our guests don't even have to order. Ashley just puts the order in. Or even my other servers, you know, they 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 emulate what Ashley shows, that that's what service is. That's what caring for our guests is. Awesome. Um, I love if it. If we were to be too big, we wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to grow so big that you dilute what made you special in the first place. And uh, the growth, you know, big can happen, uh, but it's better to grow slowly into that and, and always keep your the space you have filled. You don't want to get to the point where you're so big that you have, you know, empty real estate. Uh, just focus slowly on creating that impact and changing lives, caring for people like you've been doing. And I'm sure that 200 seat restaurant will eventually come, but, uh, slowly, even if it doesn't come, you, know, you might not want it. And that's fine too. Uh, beautiful stuff. Uh, what is one thing besides food, Oscar, you guys do really well that separates you from other restaurants. So, uh, like I was saying in the last question, we're small. We see 36 people that fills us up. So, uh, it's an, everyone knows everyone's type of place. People come in and they see their school teacher. They see, the baseball coach, they see their neighbor, they see people who you know, they went to high school with and haven't seen in a while. And they get up and, and walk around the restaurant and talk to each other. Um, we're also BYOB. We don't have a bar, so people bring their own. And so what you will see in there is people who come maybe for the first time, don't know we're BYOB. And they're like, oh man, I wish I would have known. And 
the table next to them overhears them, like offers them a beer. You know, so it's that kind of atmosphere and um, and my my team that cares about the guests to to remember what they drink, to remember their names, to remember what they have going on in their lives. We want to be that quintessential neighborhood restaurant where people know that they're cared about and they're not just a number, not just a table turn, not just you know a, a revenue source. Awesome. Beautiful stuff, man. You're killing this. And what is one book that will make us better people or better restaurant owners? Maybe a book that's really impacted you uh, to this point. Yeah. So I'm, you know, the obvious, of course, setting the table, but I know you need something besides that. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I do want to say, uh, you know, Entree Leadership really helped me out by Dave Ramsey. Um, you know, the, the story in there, and it's easy to read um, and it's very impactful. Um, it's motivating and you learn skills at the same time. So that's the book I would recommend. And what's the biggest lesson from that book that you took away? That money is a tool that we're responsible for using the right way. You know, if someone gives a kid a hammer, they're not going to know how to use it. They can hurt themselves. Same thing with money. If you don't know how to use it, you don't know how to manage it, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt others. Um, so entree leadership, it's, you know, it's a combination of entrepreneurs and leadership. Um, it, it focuses on the money, handling it the right way so that you can be a good leader, you know, so you can share the profits, so you can, um, you know, grow yourself and, and have rewards for your team. Um, and, it, and we do have to care about people. And that's also stressed in that book is, you know, being a leader comes with responsibility. You're a servant. You're serving the people who you're leading, mm. not the other way around. Amazing, man. I love this. And what is one technology that you're currently leveraging in your restaurant that's helping you be more efficient, more effective, more productive? So right now we're using an app called Jolt. And Jolt is an app where you can, uh, we do, we use it to do our scheduling. So you can set up a template to where you have your schedule every week. And it's really nice. It's easy. You can drag and drop. So you set up your template once you've drugged all of the, the, the shifts where they need to go and assign them to everybody and you don't have any more, you know, empty shifts at the bottom, you know you've got your shifts covered. That's something that I kept messing up on with itself. I would miss a shift or I forget someone has requested this day off. Well, with Jolt, um, the team members download the app to their phone. If they have a request off, they put it in on their phone and it comes straight to me. Um, if I do the schedule, uh, I, I hit distribute and it goes straight to their phones. So there's no more, well, I didn't see this on my schedule. Uh, there's no more, oh, I, I requested this off. Um, uh, and, and there's no more arguing of, yes, you did, no, you didn't. Type thing. Uh, if people want to switch shifts, they can do that on their own as well. Nice. So really putting an automation or just cutting down the time on the schedule, but is it just a schedule? What else is, can you do with Jill? So we're also using it. You can, there's so many uses for it. Um, Anything you have in an Excel spreadsheet, you can upload to Jolt and use it as a form. So we have our side work duties on, on Jolt. And so um, let's say cleaning the bathrooms. In order for a team member to check off that they clean the bathrooms, they have to, you can put to where they have to take a picture of it. And since the app is on an iPad, 
you know, you have a camera there on the iPad, they take a picture of it, boom, it's checked off. They've cleaned the bathrooms. Uh, and then you have a record of it. Um, you can, we use it for uh, our employee evaluations. I did our evaluation form in, in Excel, uploaded it up, and then we do the evaluation together through the iPad. Um, you can have a signature box where they sign it with their finger. You you save it. You can send it to them so that they have a copy of it. So that way, if, in case they haven't grown in a specific area, you can pull that evaluation back up or you can tell them, hey, go back to your email, look at your evaluation. Remember, we talked about this. So I'm really excited for this app. There's still a lot more we can do with it. I mean, you can you can sync up your the temperature in your fridge through uh, a Bluetooth thermometer. You can um, track your your food temps for you know the food safety. I mean, I'm really ex- I'm just now delving into it for the last two months, and I've liked what I've gone so far. Uh, you can upload training videos, um, uh, motivational documents, um, employee documents. I mean, it's it's really really nice um, uh, for a restaurant business, uh, and I, I think we paid like five hundred dollars to get started, and it's fifty fifty dollars a month after that. Wow! And what was um, the initial five hundred dollar investment going towards? So the initial setup. So you work one on one with someone who helps you get started. Okay. And what's awesome is the response is really quick. Um, and then the, so the training that goes through. Um, on how to use it, how to log in, set up your users. Uh, If you have multiple locations, you set up multiple locations. Um, And it's already paid off for me. And as far as getting stuff done, going from, um, you know, systematizing things and automating a lot of stuff that took up a lot of my time. So that $500 charge isn't just like a one and done, like just fee, like service fee setup, but like they're really there helping you learn all aspects. Like you're paying somebody to be on, not on site, but like dedicated to serving you in that, that beginning phase learning the app. Yeah. Yeah. Like my guy, his name's Dan and he's great. I mean, I'll send him an email. Hey, you know, this is coming up or how do I adjust this? Or has anyone ever done a form that does this? you know, checklist and he'll walk me through exactly how to set it up. Yeah. This sounds like an awesome app. If you're at that point in your career where you're realizing you need to be better about systematizing, you know, creating those, those checklists, those processes for your people. Uh, this, this sounds like it's, it's a, it's a platform that basically, uh, you can just adopt and then plug your business into it instead of creating all these systems on your own, uh, which I think is really powerful. So do check that out. I'll have a link in the show notes. Again, this is episode 330 com slash 330 and with all the knowledge you have now Oscar if you could go back to time say 2010 when you're opening um, the second wave of Chiquita uh, what would you give yourself for advice if you could give yourself any advice be on top of the cash flow more than anything you know you, that's as, a, as an owner that's your responsibility is to use those revenues the right way um, and, and be responsible. That would have saved me a lot of, a lot of headache, a lot of heartache, um, knowing exactly when it's coming in and being able to forecast and into the future um, leads to better decision-making. Beautiful. And what's one question I could have asked you that would have provided more value to this conversation? Um, see, I know what's coming after this, so I have to be careful. <laughs> uh, who is, uh, I would say, who is your industry role model and why? 
All right. Who's your industry role model and why? There it is. All right. Uh, Chef Rick Bayless. <laughs> I think you already knew this. Uh, Chef Rick Bayless, he's a, he's a great leader. He's a great philanthropist. Uh, he gives back to the culinary world selflessly. And uh, some say he's a great cook. <laughs> yeah, and I would love to get Rick on the show. Maybe this is a, a good opportunity for me to try to get on his radar. So, Rick, if you're listening to this, I'd love to make an example of you as a guest mentor. Uh, and I guess that's probably going to be the next question, unless you have somebody else. Like, who's one person? We wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So, is that your call out, Rick Bayless, or is there anybody else that's on your mind that you think would be a great guest mentor like you've been for us today? You know, someone who had an impact on my culinary career. Uh, was one of my chef instructors from culinary school. And his name is Edward Mendoza. Uh, Edward Mendoza, he's uh, the chef and owner of Cocina 503 in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, that guy's on fire. He's killing it. Edward, look out, man. I'd love to get you on the show. I'm coming after you. And Oscar, let the folks at home know if we want to pick up the conversation uh, or maybe to come swing by and get a great meal, What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, uh, well, I'm on Facebook. Um, I think it's Chiquita's on Facebook. But you can go to my website. Go to our website. It's mychiquita.com. That's M-Y, then Chiquita like the, like the banana, C-H-I-Q-U-I-T-A.com. Um, or you can even email me directly. Uh, my email address is oscar at mychiquita.com. Awesome. I'll have the those ways to connect with you in the show notes. Just head over to restaurantsoppable.com. Again, this is episode 330. I'll have the links right there along with the summary of today's discussion, a link back to any product, book, or service that was mentioned in today's conversation. And Oscar, it was an honor uh, to make an example of you as just an incredibly positive person who shows up every day to be a better version of themselves than they were the day before and to lift everybody else around them. Uh, you are just a shining example of that. And I know you're going incredible things or you're going incredible places in life. Just, it was an honor to make an example of you. Oh man. I'm incredibly humbled to be a guest on a, on a show that's given me so much. motivation. So thank you, Eric. Oh man. It's my pleasure. And there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Cheers. I fucking love this guy. He's awesome. I mean, didn't you guys just love uh, listening to how positive this man is? And I don't know. He lifts me up. I hope he lifted you up too today. And there's just so much to learn from his story of uh, going through adversity, dealing with his two premature uh, baby twins and having his community be there for him. But why do you think his community was there for him? I guarantee you it's because he has been there for his community. There is so much power in just making it about everybody else but yourself. Uh, it's about creating impact. It's about creating those relationships, and it's about caring. It's about giving a shit, <laughs> and Oscar definitely does. And it's so funny when I when I reach out to Oscar and I and I told him, "Hey, Oscar, you know, I, I I've been really impressed by you. You're, you're just such an incredible guy. You're you're so disciplined. You're hitting all of your goals that you're setting for yourself. And I think that you'd make a great guest mentor on the show." He said to me, "Eric, are you sure 
you want me to be on your show. I really don't want to dilute the quality of your guests. So he's also extremely humble. Uh, he's just a good person. And uh, there's tons of great advice in this this interview. Just the idea of really having to manage the money. Like You can have all the business in the world, but if you're not managing that money and you're not having the discipline to make sure you're, you're taking care of your people with that money, then you won't last. So uh, pick up that book you mentioned, Entree Leadership. Uh, I'm really interested to picking that up myself. I have not read that book, I admit, but it, would, it sounds really interesting. Um, and the other thing that really stood out to me too is just um, that time to take a minute every day and really just get that clarity um, on what's important to you. For Oscar... He turned to God. He turned to Jesus. He, he started praying and he got that clarity. You know, meditating has that same effect as praying. Uh, just be still, be in your thoughts and focus on what matters to you and show up every day to serve whatever that thing is that's driving you to, to show up every day and to know your definite purpose in life. But you need to be clear about it. So take the time to just reflect and be aware Uh there's a great app up there I use called Mind or um gonna we're gonna recommend things there. Can you freaking know what they're called? Hold on a second. It'll come to me. Headspace. Okay, there it is. I use an app called Headspace and I love it. Uh it's really been helping me. I've been using it for a little over a month now. And if you if you kind of feel silly about the idea of meditating uh, and you need a little like nudge, check out Headspace. Uh that's one great tool to start working towards awareness and just mindfulness. I love it. Uh, and I guess guys, that's all for today. Um, I had a blast speaking to you, Oscar. Thanks so much again for coming on the show. And like always, please do connect with me. Shoot me an email, Eric at restaurants, I love hearing from my listeners. Uh, I'm on Facebook, mostly Slash Restaurant Unstoppable. You can find me on Instagram, Eric Cacciatore. Snapchat, Eric Cacciatore. And Twitter, Eric Cacciatore. But I'll be honest, I really am not active on those platforms. Uh, But I'm there, and I'll talk to you if you reach out to me. And uh, lastly, guys, the best way to connect with me, one-on-one chats. Please set up a one-on-one chat. If I don't have the answer, I know somebody who does. I'm the guy who knows a guy that can help you. So reach out to me. Let me see if I can help you. It's on the house. I just love connecting with my guests. That's it. I lied. I'm going to be in Chicago next week. Don't forget that. Come find me. I want to meet you. Let's have a beer. I can't wait. Now I'm signing off. Until next time. Peace out.